You are listening to Processing Trauma Out Loud, conversations about trauma and healing from two women who are doing the work. My name is Jeremiah Jones, and I'm the producer of this podcast. In today's episode, Cher talks about the importance of having someone to tell our hardest stories to. The stories that we feel like we can never tell anyone, but long to be free from the shame of them. Listen in as Cher speaks from her heart about her own journey of speaking the unspeakable. Hi, friends. It's Cher here today doing a solo episode. Candace and I spent quite a bit of time this morning trying to figure out our connection and why our Zoom connection was not allowing us to both be on. And so she's going to work on possibly doing a solo episode and I'm going to give it a try here too and see if all of the stuff that goes on in cyberspace will cooperate. So what we really wanted to begin talking about today was an episode and perhaps a series of episodes on the things that are hard but worth it when it comes to this topic of healing our childhood trauma and bringing healing to all these places of complex PTSD that we experience in our lives. And one of the things that I think is just so important, and I hear people talk about over and over, is just not having the emotional bandwidth to really enter this work. And I want to encourage our listeners today that I know this is hard and life is demanding. And kids, if you have children at home, your life is probably already stretched beyond even what feels possible. And yet what I want to say is that if your past keeps popping up and causing distress in your current day life in some way and, and, and causing struggles in your current relationships in some way, making space for doing this work is hard, but worth it. It is really hard because something has to go. And usually what has to go is something that feels really important and feels really worthy. And yet to make space for something that is really hard to do, but absolutely life-changing is really worth it. So I want to encourage to find the space to begin to walk this healing journey in a new or a different way, or perhaps at a level that is uh, has a little bit more intensity than perhaps where you've been in the past. Another thing that I want to talk about today and what this episode will really mostly be about is something that is really hard but really worth it is being able to speak the unspeakable things. And if you have childhood trauma, you have experienced things in your past, in your background, in your childhood that became buried, that became those things that perhaps you even vowed that you would never tell anyone. I know I had many of those things that I knew I would never speak out loud, that there was so much shame wrapped around it and so much horror that even a lot of times I felt like who could bear the burden of my story or who could carry this without it not really affecting their life negatively in some way, which I did not want to put that kind of a burden on someone else. And many times even had a mini little argument with my coach about why I shouldn't share the details of a particular story with her and, and had to really hear her reassuring me that she had the capacity to hold my story and that if it was hard for her, that she had people and she had resources where she would be able to go to process what she has heard from me and what she is carrying from me. 
to speak those unspeakable things is a place of agony, I believe, in our soul, in our body. To believe that somebody else does have the capacity and even wants to help us process this to get to a place of freedom. And I remember my coach saying, I don't want you to have to be alone in this story one more day. And that was such an important thing for me to hear and a thing for me to believe that someone could hold that kind of space for me, that they would sacrifice their own comfort in order to really hear the details of some of my stories. I want to just share a few things that were really hard for me to speak and not really going to share stories as much as concepts. When we have had childhood trauma, we are triggered by things. Sometimes it's a smell. Sometimes it's something we see. Sometimes it's something we hear, perhaps the tone of voice or a loud crash or some kind of an unpleasant sound or maybe the sound of chaos. But we have triggers that bring us into these states of dysregulation where we go toward hypoarousal or hyperarousal. Being able to name the things that trigger us can really feel like an unspeakable thing because there is a lot of shame wrapped around this because our prefrontal cortex will always tell us this is really no big deal. Our prefrontal cortex will even bring accusations against us that say something like, what's wrong with me that this has to bother me? What's wrong with me that this has to get me into a place of dysregulation? So to name the things that trigger us, it's of course, first we have to begin identifying the things that trigger us. But then once we begin to identify the things that trigger us, it takes a real level of courage, I think, to be able to begin naming them with another person, maybe first writing about it in a journal, just to say like, I'm noticing that this particular situation seems to trigger me. And when I get triggered, this is what happens to my body. This is where my thoughts go. These are the accusations that come up within me. Then eventually to begin to actually name these triggers with another person and to admit. And a lot of times it's hard because it feels like I'm admitting something that makes me feel vulnerable. I'm admitting something that is stating a need that I have. I need help here because I'm being triggered and I don't know what to do. And for those of us who have had childhood trauma, this can all be very, very difficult. I think another thing that is very difficult, that has been very difficult for me to speak because it felt like such an unspeakable thing, were the ways that I devised to survive. The ways that I learned to, in a sense, play the system so that I would be okay. The ways that I learned to relate to my dad, who had a certain way about him, but the ways that I learned to relate with him so that in a sense, and I will say this term, even though it's a hard thing to say, I related with him in a certain way to get what I needed. And boy, just sta stating that in those terms, I can just feel the accusations wanting to just pounce on me that I related with my dad in certain ways to get what I needed. And, and this is for a child, this for me as a child, this was survival. 
for me as an adult, I can look back on that and I can really say like, well, I was at fault. I had choice in the matter and look at the choices I made. And so it feels so unspeakable to name these things because it makes me feel very complicit in my abuse and in the harm that I experienced. And I just want to say that a child is not complicit in any kind of abuse that comes against him or her. As a child, we are not welcoming abuse in any sense. But our brain and our body are brilliant in the ways that we know we must survive. And so we learn how to play the games or we learn how to work the system or we learn how to relate in certain ways to get what we need. And that I want to just declare is something that feels unspeakable. And yet I want to say in truth, it's brilliance. It's, it's our glory coming forth that we were able to figure out how to relate to the people around us in our dysfunctional family systems within the structures that were very much intact and be able to survive. I want to just name one more area that I feel is very difficult to name. It's very hard to speak this unspeakable thing. And this, I think, is particular, particularly for those of us who have experienced sexual abuse, that our body in the moments of our sexual abuse, our body was actually aroused. Our body is made with these nerve endings that will respond to certain kinds of touch, even to certain kinds of care and tones of voice. And when when we're living in a in a in a in a world that feels so devoid of love and care and goodness, that when goodness comes to us, we just want to partake of it in fullness. And we want to feel the good feelings that come to our heart and our mind and our body and our soul when somebody approaches us in a way that brings something that feels like goodness and feels like care. And yet then years later, to be able to name the fact that in the midst of that sexual abuse, which took so much and harmed us so deeply, that in those times, there was also pleasure, that our body actually responded to certain kinds of touch in a way that felt pleasureful. And that is not saying that we wanted it, but boy, can it ever feel. Like that's the message that shame brings to us that we wanted it. And I know many abusers even use that terminology to say that this child wanted it. This child sought me out. This child came to me and wanted it. And I will say, of course, every child who is living in a situation that is devoid of goodness and love and care is going to want every morsel and every crumb of, of goodness that comes. But does any child want to be sexually abused? Absolutely not. Does any child want to be harmed? Absolutely not. But to be able to name that my body responded to that kind of goodness that seemed like goodness to me as a five-year-old or a seven-year-old or a nine-year-old, that now all these years later that I can say my body was aroused. And in those moments of when I was even being harmed, my body actually felt pleasure. 
this is something that feels unspeakable. And I will say, as I have been able to share this with my coach and just a few of the people who have walked this journey with me, there's freedom that comes when we can bring these unspeakable things into the light. And when we can say them out loud and they can be held by someone who has the capacity to hold them with gentleness and care and to look deep into our eyes and say, of course, your body responded to something that felt like goodness in your world that felt so devoid of goodness. Of course, your body responded. It's your glory. It's the way you were created. It's the way that you were made. And there's brilliance there. These are words that came back to me after I spoke the unspeakable things. These are the kind of words and the kind of care that has come back to me and helped me to be able to peel off the layers of shame that demanded silence for so very, very long. And then be able to see and experience the freedom that comes when I know that I have shown what has felt like something so horrible and so ugly, and it was met with a face of love and goodness. I just want to say today, if you are carrying the unspeakable, and if you have childhood trauma, you are carrying the unspeakable, I encourage you. Think about who you might be able to share this with. Who in your world has the capacity to hold? And just start with something very, I don't want to say small because none of this is small, but, but start slow. Offer something that you can offer and see how it's held. See how it's responded to. See what happens inside of you. See how your body responds as you expose some of these things that have been held in the darkness as you expose them to the light for the first time. Perhaps journal about it. Write it out first. Write out a story that you can read to someone and see how they respond. Bringing these unspeakable things into the light is such an important part of healing. It doesn't have to be the place where you begin, but if you are holding something that you know needs to be spoken, please, I invite you. Contact Candace or myself at Candace Share at Processing Trauma Out Loud. Find someone in your world who you know, who you believe might have the capacity to hold some of the horror that you have been holding alone. Holding our stories alone in our sol solitude is really, really hard. Opening and being with someone else in it, or, or maybe I should say inviting them to be with us in it. This is a place where love can flourish. I wish you well. Thank you for listening to Processing Trauma Out Loud. Make sure to check out the show notes for links to suggested resources and social media. Like, subscribe, and follow to keep up with our weekly content. And if you don't mind, take a moment to rate and review us. Your feedback is extremely valuable and contributes to the success of this podcast. One last thing, if you have found this podcast helpful in any way, or if you have questions on how to take the next steps on your healing journey, 
please reach out to us via email at candiceshare at gmail.com. That's K-A-N-D-A-C-E-S-H-E-R at gmail.com. Music was created by Caleb Paxton, and our sound engineer is Jeremiah Jones of Audit Story, LLC. We welcome you to join us for more conversations soon. Take care.